Welcome back to the Superheroes Everyday Podcast. I'm Danny Horn, and I am here with Sloan, illustrator and creator of the Hauntwares clothing line. Hey, Sloan. Hi. We are talking about Act 2 of the 2014 martial arts exercise video, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The story so far. Bacterial toxin sufferer April O'Neil, make-believe journalist and purported movie star, has learned you should always make friends with lab animals just in case they grow up to be seven-foot-tall cartoon characters who can beat up people that you don't like. Guess what? There is yet another evil tech bro in the world. He is allied with the Shredder and his fearsome foot clan, a nonsensical group of black-clad mercenary men hiding in the shadows in their enormous ninja-rated sport utility vehicles. The only ones who can stop this naughty crime wave are the pizza-eating, skateboard-riding action figures known as the Ninja Turtles and their plucky, gutsy childhood friend, April O'Neil. Welcome to Act 2. Let's move, move, move. A helicopter arrives at Eric Sachs' huge mansion, and inside that helicopter is a ninja, which is Shredder, who's arriving at the house. There's a lot of things in this house. It's Sachs' home, and it is also yeah. a dojo. And as we see later, it has an enormous science lab in it. It's everything he likes. <laughs> There's a lot of experimental architecture in this movie. So Shredder is talking to Sax, and Sax calls him Master Shredder because he's the sensei that raised little orphan Eric when he left the military yeah. base. Sax says that now they know the turtles survived, he says, we can finally carry out the plan we had all those years ago. And calls it like Shredder's plan. So now it's not Sax's plan to develop this mutagen. It is apparently Shredder's plan. Oh, you know, I didn't connect the dots, but maybe is that like, is is this mutagen project related to Shredder's all scarred up face? I had not thought of that at all. Right? It literally just connected to me right now. Like, is, is something wrong with Shredder's health? Like, is it just a cause? Is it just like a vanity thing? I, I don't believe that that is in the movie, but I but I can't uh, I can't argue with it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I like how much is left up to our individual head cannons. Uh, well, Shredder says my Foot Clan will have unlimited power, and you will have your money. And Sax says the city will be ours. I don't. Yeah, this is when the this is when the movie just becomes like sounds and flickering shapes, <laughs> and that's it. So there's the ping, right? This is possibly the most difficult scene in the entire movie. It is six seconds long. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen. It is worth watching this movie just for this, I believe. Karai is in in an open plan office, which we don't see a lot of. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It goes by very quickly. We see just a little flash of a row of workstations with big computer monitors. And there are employees sitting and typing on the computers. And all of those employees are ninjas. Yeah. That is what's happening in Saks Tower right now. They are in full black ninja mercenary costumes with their hat and their faces are covered. And they're all wearing headphones. Like if that kind of tongue in cheek humor was what the rest of the movie was like, I would love this. I don't think that this was tongue in cheek comedy for them. I believe no, that this, it's was, not. It's this not. was entirely serious for them. What's funny, okay, so there is a uh, Ninja Turtles beat-em-up video game from, like, a year ago that came out. Uh And in it, in one scene in this video game, there, uh, it's inside the Channel 6 news building that has been taken over by the Foot Clan. (laughs) Yeah. And there's this one scene in this video game where uh, there are a bunch of completely ninja outfit attired foot ninjas typing away at computers (laughs) and they're all wearing neckties (laughs) 
And when they attack you, they jump up from the computers and like rip off their neckties. And I think that is the cutest, most hilarious thing. And that's what I wish this movie was like. I yeah, if I thought that they thought that this was funny, then that would be great. But I don't I think I think they're being entirely serious about this. This is how they think that hacking into a security system works. And again, just one of the many grains of dumb sand that make up this idiotic <laughs> exactly. beach. And so one of the guys says, there's the ping. We've breached the cloaking security. And Kara walks over and she looks at a screen. This is another perfect example of the problem of screens. They have a lot of them. And therefore, the one that she's looking at drills down from looking at the whole city. It just zips all the way down to the specific sewer they're in with this like computer animation showing exactly how to get through the pipes in order to find them. It is insane. And honestly, all they needed to do was just say, hey, we know where they are. And they do this instead. Like what mapping service has charted out the New York City sewer system like that? The problem of screens. (laughs) That is how it works. Splinter is finally talking to April and doing all of the necessary exposition for her and for us. This is the flashback. She's a little girl. She used to visit her dad's lab where they were injecting radioactive material into four turtles and one rat. It was a very specific experiment. You cannot have two rats. As soon as you involve any more rats, they start getting competitive with each other. It throws the whole vibe off. Yeah, tell that to every every scientific company <laughs> that has ever existed. That might they They might need more than one rat, you believe? Maybe. I mean, they could try it. well april liked the turtles she considered the turtles her pets and she used to feed them pizza because that would have no impact on any scientific research that they'd be performing on these turtles it's not a great idea um (laughs) but splinter the rat who is paying a lot of attention he remembers one day where april's dad and sax are shouting at each other and he says that was the day that your father found out about shredder's insane plan And so April's father set fire to the lab and then died in the fire, which is not easy to do. No, like what was he doing in the fire? In the middle of the fire to die in that fire. Like, I don't even think the movie showed him. (laughs) Like, what was he doing? It did. It did show him. He was doing something. I don't know. I assume that he was like spreading gas around or something. Whatever you do when you're an arsonist. I guess. I don't know. I'm not into fire. But uh, April, so April saves the turtles and the rat and the journals and all the camcorder recordings and all the stuff. And she released these radioactive animals into the local environment, just dumping them down a sewer. This part, this one little bit made me (laughs) so confused and angry. You have made these little animals your pets. Why are you not bringing them home with the rest of your stuff? Why are you dumping them down a sewer? The thing, the thing that you don't, the thing that you're not taking into account, she is now an orphan or she at least has just lost at least one parent. I don't know about the other one. They're going to be tightening their belts at home. So she knows she can't afford to, to keep four turtles and a rat that, that are each going to grow up to be six feet tall. Yeah, but they only eat pizza. So, you know, that's not. A lot of pizza, though. (laughs) And you got to go out and buy all those boom boxes. They can't afford this. Yeah, I guess you're right. So she dumps them down a sewer. 
the mutagen changed them, and they all became huge, horrible monsters. One thing that bothers me is the rat aged up a lot faster than the turtles did. There is one aspect of that that I guess kind of makes a little sense, even though it's never addressed. Rats age and die really quickly, like over the course of two years, whereas turtle, yeah, like rats oh, and turtles just live forever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you could be a teenage turtle into like your 50s. That's a very good point. Okay. I had not, I had not considered that. Like if you're a rat, you're going to be elderly at like year three. Right. This is like 15 years later. So he's, he has been dead for many years. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense. Another thing that I love is every iteration of the turtles shows them as little baby mutants growing up. And they are the cutest things that you have ever seen. These turtles? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, baby Ninja Turtles are absolutely adorable. Oh, the babies. Yeah, absolutely. There's the like toddler size where you see Michelangelo and he looks fucking terrible. I that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Little the kid Ninja Turtles in this movie are grotesque. Like they will. They look worse than the adult versions. Yes, I agree. Or teenage versions. Yeah. So Splinter, he realizes they need to protect themselves. He found a book in the sewer, which is not easy oh, to do. Oh, my God. Called The Art of Ninjutsu. And so, therefore, he trained himself, and then he trained the turtles. So, every again, every iteration of the turtles has Splinter teaching the, the mm-hmm. turtles how to do martial arts. And it's always dumb. Like, it's, <laughs> it's something you kind of have to gloss over in yeah. every iteration. Yeah. This is the dumbest version of that dumb concept. Because he just finds a book? Yeah. Because <laughs> he just finds a book. And somehow he manages to teach himself over the course of like, what, a year? Yeah. How to become a, a professional ninja? A master ninja. Yeah. And now he's going to train all the rest of them. That's how I it mean, works. I guess if you're not doing anything else all day. Well, this so this is Michelangelo dialogue I'm going to lay on you. What's up, brah? Want some of this? I'm like a ghost. I'm over here. Now I'm over here, brah. Like a shadow. I'm a flame shadow fire dragon. That's Michelangelo. Yeah. yeah. I actually, it occurs to me that I I do an excellent Michelangelo impression. That might actually be, that might be a skill of mine, a marketable skill of mine that I did not realize I had. I mean, there was no difference, really. I know. He's perfect. He is, he is so on the cusp for me. Like, I... Michelangelo will say something and I'll start to think that he's cute for a minute and then he just ruins it. Yeah. He gets all sexual harassy. Yeah. Just, he's so annoying. I don't know. So this is just one depressing scene after another. Next up is Saxon Shredder in the shadow dojo or whatever it is inside his elaborate murder house. And Sax is telling Shredder that they have souped up his metal armor. We are taking it to the next level. He says, it is very shiny. What do you make as a as a, a Shredder fan? What do you make of the next level armor? Okay, it is so dumb. Again, <laughs> it, it, so it's not even armor. It's an Iron Man suit. Yes. So it's an Iron Man suit with weird bird wings made out of giant knives. <laughs> yes. And there's only a couple of little elements that make it look like the original Shredder character design. Like the hat. The hat, he's got a couple of little blades on his forearms and and the back of his hands. Yeah. It's just, it's, he looks like a Michael Bay transformer. He looks like he's made up of like metal shards. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Which 
which with a character named the Shredder, you would all you would think is appropriate. Yeah. Even here, it's just way too much and horrible looking. It it definitely looks a little bit like the waiter comes up and says, would you like some Parmesan? <laughs> and then he would like scrape it off. He would scrape it on his arm. Yeah. I mean, but and, that's, and that's actually that's not even the worst comparison to make <laughs> because that's what that's the that is the inspiration for the original character. A waiter? Like what you just what you just described. Someone with cheese graters on their forearms. Now, one thing, the thing that I want to tell you about, which I billboarded at the, the end of the last act is the reason why the villains make zero sense. I have figured this out. OK, the answer is it was supposed to be one villain. They hired William Fickner to play a dual role. Eric Sachs was secretly the shredder, and they filmed most of the movie, possibly all of the movie that way. And then fans complained correctly that they'd cast a white man to replace an iconic Japanese character. Yes. So at the last minute, they hired Tohoru Masamune, like after the last minute, and they did reshoots to establish that these are actually two different people. I think that all he did was just shoot three scenes, all of them on that shadowy dojo set. So the first scene, he's yelling at at Karai. And then the second scene is the big reveal scene with Sax, where you find out they're working together. And then the third scene is the one that we just did where Sax shows Shredder his new armor, his new next level armor. That was it. He just filmed those three scenes. And then the rest of what he did was ADR for when he's Shredder, because there's just a guy in a suit doing the fun, doing the fighting. And that's it. This actor didn't do anything else. And then I guess they also had to reshoot the scene in act three with Sax so that Sax would have like a separate death scene from Shredder. And the weird thing is they told Masamune to keep it a secret. I read an interview that was done like the day before the movie came out. He couldn't tell anybody. And he just said, like, I have no idea why. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what the politics were. My guess is that they didn't want him to do interviews where people ask him what it's like being Shredder. And for him then to say, like, he would have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, he would say, like, well, I only did three scenes and some ADR. So they didn't want him to do that. And so they just kept it quiet. And it's super dark in his scenes, too. And like you say, there's weird putty on his face. Like, it's amazing how much they didn't do yeah, to make Shredder Japanese. But the whole plan that they're doing, it makes much more sense if you know that it's supposed to be one guy. Because this is obviously entirely Sax's plan. Yeah. He, he wants the money. The Foot Clan thing is incidental. But they split the character. And the worst thing is they made Sax subordinate to Shredder. So Shredder is supposedly in charge of this stupid plan that clearly has nothing to do with him. Yeah. He just wants to control New York City for some reason. Yeah. And so therefore mutagen and toxin and all this bullshit. It doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. And it's because it was originally it was supposed to be one guy and now it's two. And even then it barely makes sense <laughs> for reasons I can get into at some point. Absolutely. And then when they made the sequel, they hired somebody different to play Shredder, which I also think is funny. Somehow Splinter has become older than April through some Japanese magic that I do not understand. And he tells her that Sack's not a friend. Uh, he is creepy and he is in love with Shredder. And the two of them just hang out in their dark dojo, just kissing all the time. Argument there. <laughs> now that Sax knows about the turtles, that would have been a great scene, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would love that. Now that he knows about the turtles, they will stop at nothing. They will bring the fight to us. And then guess what happens? 
they stop at nothing and they bring the fight to us. As predicted. Then there are some very exciting developments in the go, go, go arena. (laughs) Stand by to make entry. A foot soldier is standing by to make entry. And then he says, let's move. Go, go, go. So that's two go, go, goes so far. And one move, move, move. Donatello is all upset because all of his security equipment is telling him that there's been a perimeter breach. And the problem with a system that tells you there's been a perimeter breach is that you should have something that helps you actually deal with the perimeter breach. They have not incorporated that into their thinking. No. I mean, maybe because they think they're giant superpowered ninjas who can take care of everything. They are incorrect. Yeah, absolutely. And then guess what Leonardo says? He says, we got to go, go, go. <laughs> so that's three go, go, goes. One move, move, move. Soldier says, lock and load. We're going on 10, which are things that ninjas say when they're using plastic explosives again. That is something yeah. that that not many people know about ninjas. This is like a documentary about ninjas. They load their guns with tranquilizers and they yell like, tranks only, take them alive. There's just a, there's a lot of this dialogue. Yeah. And there's also no real reason for them to be taken alive. Yes, since they just want to take their blood. Yeah. Yeah, you can get blood out of a corpse. Yep. It happens every day. (laughs) That's a good point, which I had not considered. Yeah, you're exactly right. But the lair explodes. The plastic explosive explodes. These bad guys pour in. Splinter does kind of like a high, high, high thing, and and he knocks some of them over. The one thing that I like about Splinter is that his tail works like a venom tentacle. And so Mm -hmm. there's a lot in this little, it's a very brief scene, fight scene, where he's like fighting four different dudes and he's like flipping them over and he's doing all this stuff and he does it with his tail. And I think that looks cool. Yeah, well, I mean, it happens earlier in the movie too, where he literally lifts Raphael up off the ground by his neck using his tail. Using his tail. His tail is- Which is something, you know, a caring father would do. His tail can, can handle that kind of weight as well. Yeah, because, you know, rat's tails are also prehensile. Yes, Absolutely. Does the mutagen give them extra powers extra that they wouldn't have had as their original animals? Yes, I... yes. Obviously, the answer is yes. This is a very confusing battle scene, though. This is this is the one battle scene where I'm just like, because there's a bunch of different people fighting in different places through the lair, and we don't know the lair well enough to know. They At one point, they yell like, they're in the fan room, but I have no idea what the fan room could possibly be. Their lair is basically just all dark spaces lit with neon and so they keep cutting back and forth between like shredder and the turtles and they're firing people and leo tells mikey to go take care of april and he kind of revs up his power skateboard he takes april someplace to hide but that seems to not be very far away and then through a hole in the wall that mean old shredder he's all backlit and terrifying and making knife noises and shredder says all these years i've been trying to recreate the mutagen And you just handed it to me. So once again, it's just like a mess of motivation. I don't know why Shredder would want to recreate the mutagen. But now Shredder has a moment to show off his Swiss Army knife hands. Yeah, this is another thing. He he has this whole big fight with Splinter. And he's punching and kicking Splinter seemingly while trying to avoid stabbing him with his knives as much as possible. Which is impossible because that's all that he is is knives exactly yeah 
That okay. That's also something you kind of have to. Every iteration of the turtles, it has Shredder. Yeah, he gets fight with them, and he doesn't use his blades, <laughs> which is something you kind of have to reconcile. But here, it just seems like you. It would be impossible to not because he kind of he like flexes his hands, and it's just yeah, get like six different. By the way, my opinion. I haven't done this myself, but I believe that having more kinds of blades does not make fighting easier. No, I believe it would make things more confusing and it would get in the way. Yeah, you'd just be like getting caught on everything. I'm not a magnetic knife guy. And so I don't <laughs> want to presume. I'm just saying it's and weird. That was, that was another thing. Yeah. Is it, are the knives made out of a certain kind of metal that only get attracted via this magnetism well, and not yeah. every other, and not every other metallic object in this space? Yeah, he's got this boomerang thing, which is so interesting where he can throw knives and then they just sh- like they come back to him well yeah because he turns on the magnets yeah and it just attracts those those knives knives yes somehow that's the next level that's when sax was saying he's taking this to the next level i guess that was the next level because also the magnets the the magnets don't cause the knives to just like slam into him randomly they somehow slot back in in. yeah because he's iron man like you said yeah now, Splinter and Shredder, they're fighting like they're Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And this is an epic battle. Except that these dudes just met. Yeah. So it doesn't really mean anything. Like, it's meant, it's clearly, like, positioned. Yeah, because Splinter and Shredder are supposed to have this whole this history. history. Yeah. But in the new origin story, they don't know each other at all. Oh, and then there's the cage doors. Where Splinter flips some control and these, like, metal like gate doors drop down and they didn't close them before when the perimeter alarm sounded <laughs> and the Which turtles you think they're specifically for yeah exactly what is what are these doors and they run the turtles all run to the doors and they're trying to lift them like there's a lot of try acting around lifting up the gates which is the kind of acting that people do when they're really trying really hard um yeah why is there a gate there that you can only open from one side this is their home it's so bizarre. And they just have to be behind a gate while Shredder and Splinter have this epic fight that isn't epic at all. Cause but there's like all this big like Vox Humana like tragedy music here. It's like a it, this is a hard moment. Shredder, finally he has Splinter by the scruff of the neck. There's three turtles. I don't know where Raphael got to in all this. But Shredder Yeah, that's that that was the whole thing. They kind of make that into a little plot point yeah, later. But so. I couldn't I did you did you notice the moment when, when Raphael got taken out of the picture? I absolutely did not. I vaguely remember there being something, but this whole movie is a giant fever dream mess. So Yeah, exactly. It was all yeah, the whole thing was just such confusing editing that they really didn't make a point of it. Yeah. But Shredder tells the turtles to drop their weapons, which they do. But he doesn't seem to be any happier. And the the guys with tasers then come up and they just like taser the fuck out of the turtles until they pass out. And Shredder asks the mercs, like, where's the fourth? And the merc says, he's dead. (laughs) Because they have all that proof. Yeah, well, it's not true. And it's also not their task. Like they were supposed to get the fourth turtle. They're supposed to bring the four turtles. And they're just like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. And so they just leave him. And then Shredder says, destroy this place. And they set off a couple smoke bombs. <laughs> Their hearts really it not been in it. previously destroyed with it's, all of the plastic explosives. Yeah, it's just unnecessary. But now Leonardo and Donatello and Mikey, they are weaponless. They are being frog marched along 
while guys with tasers kind of randomly shove them and load them onto a truck. And the mercs, this is a little disappointing. The mercs say, troop, go, move, move. So that's a move, move, but it's not a move, move, move. And so and it doesn't it doesn't go, count. Yeah. yeah, and not a single go at all. So Raphael and April are left behind. And Raphael is buried under some rocks. And I don't know how he got buried under rocks, but that's what happened. Yeah. So that April and Raphael now can team up. And they see Splinter, who's also buried under rocks, and he's unconscious. And April does some triacting around lifting the rocks and then Raphael comes over and he moves them and he picks he picks up Splinter and they're all sad about Splinter and they need to get mutagen. So this is now this big plot point that they need to get mutagen to heal Splinter. Right. But Splinter should already have mutagen in his body, same as the turtles. I don't know why they didn't yeah. also have to pick up Splinter. But they have to bring mutagen to him. It, did it like leak out? <laughs> I don't know. Because he, he's old? I don't know. And then, welcome to my facility. Here we are in Sax's secret military base laboratory, which is inside his house somehow. It is yep. all sickly green light, like it so often is in spooky facilities. He's got the standard evil science plexiglass <laughs> cases that he keeps the turtles in. Yes. Yeah, they're in these like big cases and they're chained up by the arms you have to wonder what he was doing with these before he knew that he was going to have three seven foot tall turtles in them yeah like i said they come standard yes also there was a line that was so funny to me he says he's going to drain every last ounce of blood from them even if it kills them (laughs) right don't you think that yeah, no he what he means is it definitely will kill them and that's the thing that we are doing yeah yeah but i guess maybe he wanted to like not look <laughs> quite as evil in front of the evil foot mercenaries or <laughs> we'll take all their blood even if it kills them <laughs> yeah just in case that happens he has a black turtleneck on at this point by the way like steve jobs <laughs> which i like and there's like there's lab there's some uh, sort of a little collection of lab coats in there too, not just the ninja mercs. There's also like a few guys in lab coats. He's a very hands-on CEO. Back at the busted lair, April and Raphael, they got Splinter all laid out, they're sad strings. April calls Vern to pick her up in his van, and he is all excited because he thinks it's a date. And she tells him, no, it's a turtle thing. And then there's another like Will Arnett comedy moment about like we're consenting adults and we're both good looking. He's funny. Yeah, I like. I did like the little. I I did like the little bit of a hat business. Yes. Oh yeah, the hat joke. Trying on the hat to look suave, and he's like, "I don't know. This is my friends." It's just a a gag. Yeah, he's very funny. It's a shame that it's in this movie, which does not live up to the funniness of him. Yeah. Yeah. She's upset. Uh, Although, again, you can't really tell because of her forehead. And then suddenly, Raphael pokes his head out from behind the driver's seat, and he and he just says, "Drive." So that's a drive. It's unfortunately not a drive, drive, drive. We don't, <laughs> we don't get any of those. I'm look. This is what I'm looking for: is the go, go, goes, the move, move, moves, and the drive, drive, drives. That's how you know if the movie is exciting. Turtles are in chains. They're in tubes. They're in tubes. And Sax just does some like psychopath tech bro stuff. He's looking at them and talking to him as if like he hasn't just chained up sentient beings. He says all we were trying to do was create an antidote. And Leonardo says for what? And now he's just like talking to them and he's doing a villain monologue. He says, we had this plan, a plan that we're ready to put back online today. 
I'll show you. He waves his hand at Karai. And he says, show them. Now, he's doing an entire presentation with visual aids for the turtles right before he sucks all of their blood out, even if it kills them. What is the point of demonstrating things to the turtles if they're about to die, especially if the demonstration involves, as it does, murdering one of your own people? It's like they even could have had a scene earlier in the movie where he's describing how this process works to anyone else, anyone else. Yeah. Except for this situation. There, there are three black hooded ninja mercenaries in the room. And when he waves his hand at Karai and says, show them two of them, just know like which one of them is about to be sacrificed. They just grab them. There's no kind of, (laughs) there's no like not it or anything. He's Um, the new guy. Yeah. The new one. So they just grab the third one who struggles and he does not want to die, which he's about to do. Sax says, do you know my building, Sax Towers, got that great big spire up on top? That spire is filled with tons of chemical toxins, bad stuff. And then Karai comes and she puts a mask over the ninja's face and he struggles and falls over just so Sax can go that kind of bad. Yeah, we see a shot of the lab coats looking over and being kind of upset that one of their colleagues is being murdered right in front of them for no reason to show these mutants that are about to die (laughs) to die. Yeah, even if they die. Why? My question is, why do these people work here? I mean, I guess it pays well. It's not like this. Like, obviously, everyone who works here knows about this cockamamie mass murder scheme. Plus, if they didn't, if they didn't know before, then they certainly know now because Sax is murdering people. In the room, the guy shakes and all these terrible red sores appear all over his arms and his face. And so here's the goddamn plan. In a few hours, Shredder, for some reason, is going to unleash all of that stuff over the whole city. Yeah. The initial death toll will shake world governments to their core, as it would. In 30 days, the city of New York will be a quarantine zone. And that's where my company comes in. I'm going to save everyone with the antidote that is made from the mutagen that is oozing through your blood. And the government will then send Saks Industries a blank check, and I'm going to be rich, like stupid rich. Shredder will force this city to live under our rule. We will be gods. No, no, you won't. (laughs) Well, first of all, this whole plot point was stolen directly from the Amazing Um, Spider-Man. Second, okay, so he brags about how this spire was put on top of his building that yeah, the yeah. toxins came to come out of. There's no way that could be tracked. Yeah, There's no way no. anybody could trace that back yeah. and connect the dots between this deadly toxin coming out of this building that the, he then wants to cure. Yeah. And people will definitely notice that it's airborne chemicals and not a virus. And coming from a... like. You don't think people aren't spreading out equally their yeah. cell phones. Yeah. But also like that he, they're going to think that this is a plague and it's just a thing that he's going to release once. Yeah, no. So the idea of like a quarantine zone doesn't make sense. Why is it ready? Why is it ready right now? They don't have the mutagen right now for the antidote. Why is why is the chemical toxin in the in the spire of Sax Tower just like ready to roll? Like they had no idea. That they were going to be able to do this for like 15 years. Well, it's like, you know, you don't start something with the idea that it has to be perfect. You start something, <laughs> then you fix it as you go. I guess. <laughs> He's doing this iteratively. 
another question. Question number eight million. How will Shredder force the city to live under their rule at that point? There is no way. Yeah, I don't. It just it's it's supposed to be the heart of the movie is this plan. It's worse because they split up Sax into two different characters. But even if it was just him, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. And it's like every other villain plan has the villain wanting to take over the world, which (laughs) I get makes more sense. But you don't make a modern United States city your kingdom. (laughs) He just wants they just want like Midtown. That's all they want, like Midtown, possibly lower Manhattan. That's it. They don't want anything else. So they start draining the turtles' blood into canisters, and now the turtles are dying. But here comes Vern and April and Raphael, and Raphael says, ram the gate, which Vern does because the gate is made of wood. Yeah. Despite the fact that we have seen that there is a wrought iron gate in the establishing shot from one second ago. Well, they ram that too. Uh, no, that's that's later. Later on, they do that. Oh, yeah. They, uh... That's on the way out. So this shitty van, it goes through four ninja mercs with machine guns and crashes through the plywood door to the lab, which they had <laughs> no way of knowing was there. It just plows through the door. Now they're in the lab. It takes 12 seconds for them to be fully inside the facility. Yeah. And Raphael just blasts through the side of the van, which is obviously not made of metal. And he just beats up the mercs and he drops them. And then he yells at April and Vert, follow me. Although he has no idea where he's going. But anyway, they're going to follow him. Yeah. There's a red alert intruder type thing going on. And Sax's response to this is to tell somebody, I'll take this first canister to New York. And one of the lab coats just like takes it and puts it in a silver case. (laughs) And he says, and this is the most baffling. He says, make sure you drain all their blood. And then he picks up the case and he says, time to take a bite out of the Big Apple. Yeah, I don't comprehend. I guess they worst line. It it does. I forgot about that line. (laughs) I know it's hard, right? It's It's not a joke. It's not. It's nothing. It doesn't connect to anything. Time to take a bite. Okay, I'm sorry that 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 I know that exhausted me. I know. Let's try. We got (laughs) we got a little bit more. Raphael's doing turtle stuff. He's busting his way into the lab, apparently through a different door than Sax went out. I don't know why I'm trying to make sense of anything in this movie. He drops the ninja mercs and then he sees the turtles in their cages. And then somehow Shredder is there, framed dramatically in a hole in the wall. I am I am not sure where he came from. And then he has an even dumber line, which is Raphael, glad you could join us. The fourth cage is for you. It's like, how does Shredder even know these people by name? Yeah, no. He doesn't know them. Nope. It's not even in line with the it's not even line in line with the character. No. I know. Because every other iteration of this, like Shredder can be fighting the Ninja Turtles for like five seasons on TV. Yeah. And he still just refers to them as like the blasted turtles and he doesn't know their names. <laughs> those whippersnappers. <laughs> yeah, no, he knows these those damn kids. Yeah. He brandishes the nine knives and claws and swords he has on each hand. And now Shredder and Raphael have a fight that's like in a hole. It's like a sunken area. This like dark basement space. Yeah. Where is that? Where did it come from? I don't know. I don't know. But there's a railing. So there's like it's just this kind of like open dojo space with pillars. And there's a railing where April and Vern can look down. April runs to Donatello's case. 
Yeah. And says, do you want to say something nice about how you liked Until? I mean, th- not here because this <laughs> okay. dumb script just takes over. <laughs> Sorry, Duntel. She runs to him and she says, what do I do? And he says, adrenaline. So, okay. Yeah. Which adrenaline. She goes over to the machine that is in charge of this. And there's a big red button that says adrenaline injection on it. Of course there is. And she just like pushes the shit out of that button. Like she wants all the adrenaline in the world. This is the go, go, go of giving people adrenaline. Also, why is that button there? Why is there a supply of adrenaline to to the turtles? If the whole point is to take all of their blood and kill them. I don't know. And April screams, get up at the turtles. And the computer says, adrenaline administered overdose imminent, which they show us twice, even though I don't know what it means. I mean, I guess the turtles can handle an incredibly lethal dose of adrenaline. <laughs> adrenaline that that should make pushing. their veins burst out of their body. They're mutants. Shredder knocks Raphael out. It's not a good moment for Raphael. And, and then Shredder walks away and he just disappears. Like he's just suddenly gone and has nothing to do with the rest of this sequence. So the three turtles all wake up and they're all like full of adrenaline and they're pissed and they're super strong. And now they can pull themselves free of the cage stuff. And if you want another dumb line of dialogue, April is standing in front of the one, one of the glass cages with Vern. And she turns to him and she says, I think we should move as if those five words are just words that don't have any meaning. Cause then they just don't move. Yeah. So they just stand there while the turtles break through the glass triumphant music we are all good and the turtles are all like super adrenaline they're like hyper and talkative now they have like all of the energy i don't know how mutation works but like adrenaline doesn't replace half of your blood being gone (laughs) it does it does here i guess they go and they find Raphael, and they're like are you okay you okay and then we gotta go and they do a whole exposition scene where they run in circles around Raphael, and they just repeat everything about the plan there was a little bit that I thought was cute when they're when they're coming down from the railing. They like they trip and fall. They all trip and fall through the railing like the Three Stooges. <laughs> I cute. thought that was cute. Yeah. So they are they're just running in circles and they're saying we got to go to Sax Tower. They're releasing the poison, all this stuff. And so the turtles are now officially even more annoying than they already were. And they are ready to chase down the bad guys in their huge ninja hummers. And that means... This is the end of Act 2 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sloan and I may be down, but we will rise again, and no one will stop us in our quest to reclaim victory. Here's what's coming up. And then the movie just goes downhill. We are not going to be able to describe this senseless sequence in any kind of adequate way, so we're just going to do, like, sense impression. I mean, it's just lots of snow and fast there's a shot from inside one of the Hummers, which is about 10 paces behind the truck, and somebody yells, Target, 12 o'clock! It's like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's a, hu- it's a huge truck that has talking turtles in it. Not only does it go for the entire length of the mountain, but when they do finally get back to the sewers, it continues down the sewers, and you can only assume that they slide all the way back to New York City. Obviously... Shredder comes back up because the, the roof is all there is. There's nothing else. There's nothing outside of this roof anymore. All right. Stay tuned for that. Thank you, Sloan. Thank you. 
I'll see you back here for Act 3 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the Superheroes Everyday Podcast. Thanks for listening. Sachs Laboratory is on the 36th floor. I've already disabled the security system. Oh, and uh, good luck. <laughs>